before we start, I have something else important. So I came downstairs from uh, and on the kitchen table were two donuts shaped in hearts. Now she still had Dale asleep in her arms. So I was like super touched. It was like it was such a romantic gesture. She got us two donuts, the shape of hearts. And it was a Boston cream donut and an apple filling donut. And so as I'm getting the computer ready, Dale goes, yo, Dale goes on the veggie. She comes down. I'm like, which one would you like? I'll eat whichever, right? And she goes, no, I, I don't like those donuts. They were both for me, which is romantic in a different way. But who doesn't like a Boston cream donut? I don't. I know people who don't like Boston cream well, donuts. Now I know too. I, don't I love like Boston. Cream. I, don't, I love I don't. Boston cream donuts. That's like the donut to me. Like but a, apple filled? Who doesn't like apple? Yeah, who doesn't like apple either? It's apple crumb, people. so I can understand maybe not liking the crumb part. Apple crumb is awesome. I just yeah. ate like half an apple crumb cake yesterday. Uh, well, or two days ago. <laughs> and I was just thinking about like how delicious apple crumb is. It is very <laughs> delicious. Again, so that's why I had to discuss it with you. <laughs> I thought like this was going to get more serious. <laughs> What's more serious? Something I need to discuss with you guys before we start the show. <laughs> I've packed a bag and I'm leaving. <laughs> no, oh boy. I packed, packed a bag I and packed my yellow suitcase. <laughs> oh man, the yellow suitcase. <laughs> I still have that. Maybe I'll bring it down uh maybe I'll bring it down in April. All right, you know what? Let me grab a drink real quick and then we'll start. I just want to be clear though. I wouldn't be leaving. <laughs> I'm not the one who doesn't love delicious donuts. <laughs> you know, she's no longer allowed to live in this house. You're dead to me. Dead to me, can opener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what show that's from. That's from Harvey Birdman. Uh, I can picture it. But... Remember the, the, the subtitle? He's the cartoon attorney. Yeah, yeah. I think it might just be attorney at law. Harvey Birdman? Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty funny show. Yeah. I was partial to Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Oh, well, that's not even, that's, that, that show's terrific. <laughs> I kind of want to go watch old episodes of that. Me and my brother used to watch that. It was, it was just laugh hysterical. It's, it's unbelievably bizarre, but it's good. <laughs> I imagine like. Brack. Brack was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. He was like the, um. He was like the. Paul, Paul Schaefer. Schaefer. Right. Yes. He was like. But he was a big pragmatist, right? He was, yeah. He was like a villain on Space Coast. <laughs> and he just became a sidekick. All right, let's get the show on the road. We we passed our usual twelve minute recording mark before we start. Oh, We're up to fifteen minutes, so we gotta we gotta go. Three minutes are gonna be low energy. <laughs> I, I'm already hopped up on one donut. So, oh, that's right. You, wait, was it the Boston cream? It was or the Boston the cream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. I want a Boston cream donut now. I figured that would be. I'm I'm hoping to have a beer sometime during the show. I figured the Boston cream would go worse with the beer, so let me eat that first. Okay, <laughs> let's get started. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Around Riyadh, the Wheel of Time Showcast. I'm your host, Joe Perry, here with my co-host, Jen Isgro. How are you doing tonight, Jen? I'm doing good, Joe. Excited about tonight. Yes, me too. And also my other co-host and three-time Olympic bronze medalist, Tom Kokoza. I think if you add the three bronze medals together, they become one gold medal. At least that's what I'm telling <laughs> you. Glad to be here, Joe. So uh, if you did win medal, uh, bronze medals in the Olympics, Tom, what event would it be in? Uh, I guess, honestly, if I were to win, this is how unathletic I am. This is not how good I am at it. I would say archery or skeet okay. shooting. Those are things that don't require me to have to run at all. And I think that's a that's an auto disqualifier. <laughs> okay. How about I diving? All, right. all you have to do is fall in the pool. Uh, no, I've, I've seen a photo of me diving off a diving board. <laughs> And I know 100% I'm not meddling in that sport. You, you know what that reminds me of, Tom? <laughs> when we were, what was it? We were doing the jumps in the pool and you kept putting your leg back and we kept telling you not to do, put your leg back. Right. Amazing catches. Yeah. This is yeah, amazing catches. The same thing. Every time I jumped, it was, I was like super fly snooker. <laughs> uh, with the one leg back and one we kept leg yelling back. at you. Uh, okay. So anyway, yeah, let's get into our show, guys. Who wants to talk about Wheel of Time? I do. I do want to talk about it. Thank you for the response. I was. I feel like you guys were waiting for the an yeah, audience to respond. Were, that's who I thought you were talking to. Yeah, I thought you were just going to add in like applause sounds. I, I could do that. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> so 
Um, we've actually got a lot of news to talk about today. I didn't think there was a lot. And then we've got like a, we got like a one bombshell over the last few hours, which is great. I love when we get this last minute news that we could talk about because it's nice and fresh and we get our real like raw initial reactions to this. But I'm going to start with, I'm going to save that one for last. So I'm going to start with confirmation that Jennifer Cheon Garcia will be playing Leanne Sharif, the Keeper of the Chronicles. Woo! Yes, she posted, I think, on Instagram. I don't remember if it was Instagram or Twitter, you know, saying that she was going to be that role. So, Jen, you were right. Applause to you. I th- I didn't realize he is six feet tall. Yeah, she's very... Oh, she's, no, I think she's 5'10". Oh, I read somewhere that she was six feet. Oh, really? I could swear that I thought she was 5'10". And that's something I forgot that when we were doing... The episode last week, I remember reading that she's very tall, which made me think that she could be Leanne. And I just kind of forgot about it. One of my favorite parts of, I think it's in the beginning of The Green Hunt. Yeah, it has to be. When uh, Rand is talking to Perrin and he tells him he was trying to get in to see Matt after he gets hurt. And she's like not letting him in. But then she said something like, oh, you're very tall. You know, where were you 15 years ago or so? And he's like, isn't that funny? He's trying to tell Perrin like about the story. but Doesn't he actually physically lift her up and move her? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I just like that. Yeah, I, think he, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. He's like, not, he's like embarrassed by it or whatever, but of course, because it's something yeah. to do with a woman. I think it's a, definitely a great fit. And I, I, yeah, I don't know why we didn't think of it. I mean, like, Tom, I know me and you kind of were leaning towards Swan first and then Leanne second, but it seems like a no brainer at this point that she's definitely Leanne. Well, I would say this in since it's been announced, like her social media presence or Instagram and everything else. It's like, it's a hundred percent. Like if I had seen these photos and like this kind of personality, or whatever of her prior to me making the guess, I think I would have went the other way as well. Also, I didn't realize her height. And I know it's not important that Swan is short, but Swan is, is, is short. I think it's great. I think she looks great. I think she seems super excited about it, which is awesome. And I, I'm hoping that we're pronouncing it right. It's not Liane or Liani or. Uh, yeah. In the audio the books, they say Liana. Yeah, I think it is. I think that I always said Leanne. I did too because that's like the normal. Every time it's like Demane, it's like the ne is like another sound. Le- I would say like Leane. Then I wouldn't say Liana. Well, whatever. We're. I'm saying I. I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure Leanne is not it. So, <laughs> so uh, according to the encyclopedia, it's it's Leon. Okay, Leon Sharif. Right. Which is more, I was, I would say Leanne, which is just, you know, the New York way of saying it. Um, <laughs> right. Gabbage. But yeah, yeah, garbage. And you know what? So this is like, I think the first time I haven't seen any negative reaction to a casting. Like everyone I've seen so far has said, oh, this one's perfect. And even people who didn't like other castings were like, oh, definitely. She's perfect for Leanne. It seems like something that the whole community is kind of behind, which is nice. So that's good too. Okay, so our second piece of news is brought to us by our Twitter sleuth, at Geeky Eri. He posted an article from a Finnish newspaper called the Helsingin Sanomat, and I'm not sure if I pronounced that properly, but forgive me because I do not speak Finnish. But it's an interview with Peter Franzen, who we found out was going to be on the show. And I highlighted some specific passages from this article, and I wanted to read them just to, if you haven't read it, give you an idea of what the article is about. So the Wheel of Time filming began in the fall, and Franzen joined the group in December. During the call, Franzen is preparing for a major battle. Ooh, exciting, major battle. I wonder what that could be. Then I have a quote from Franzen, which this is Google translated, so it's not exactly perfect. So here's Franzen saying, it's got a swing here. The scene is going to be filmed for the third day. I'm not quite sure what that means. Any, any thoughts? Clearly, they're in a jungle, Jim Joe. It's got some swings, maybe a seesaw, possibly one or two slides. I was thinking maybe like uh, jazz music or big band music or something. That'd be awesome. He's like, hey there, baby, it's got a swing. Maybe that means uh, like it's got to like flow. It's got a swing. I, I don't, it's probably, gotta, gotta, if anyone speaks Finnish. If anyone speaks Finnish, please contact us. If anyone speaks Finnish and English, please contact us. Yeah, so- I, it, it is possible that he's also just literally describing something, like maybe he's talking about, because I think he's a, on a sword swing. He's like swinging a sword. Maybe you're like, there's a boom mic or, or a piece of set that has to like swing into place. It's literally, like he's on set, I'm pretty sure, from me reading this interview. So it's possible he's literally like, you know, calling out a direction to somebody live there while he's talking to this reporter and you're i think you're onto something because some of the other quotes from this article it almost seems like he's actually filming while he's on the phone by some of the quotes in this article 
I'm going to jump to another one that actually kind of gives us a real big, nice piece of information here. So this is Franzen quote again. I'm one of a series of guard figures. We guard a series of people who protect the world with their special powers. These powerful people are women. They're able to heal wounds and they also have their military powers. Guards are their lovers or their bodyguards. So what does that make you guys think? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's a water. Damn it. He's a water for sure. Yeah. We still don't have any Elias. Well, Elias is a water. So I wanted to get into that. But let me finish this article and we're going to get into who we think he could be playing. One of the things I thought was interesting too is he mentions that they are his their lovers or bodyguards, which is this is kind of the second time we've heard that like an emphasis on the water or ice die relationship as lovers from when we first got the casting of uh, Priyanka Bose and her two waters. So I'm wondering if maybe this character is is he a water of a green? Is that a hint? Be a hint. Maybe, maybe he's just saying that because of the other two guys like they're some That's of them true. are lovers and some of them are just bodyguards i'm glad you brought that up because i just wanted to point out i said he was going to be a warder because of the i think when he tweeted something taylor napier and daniel henny both liked his tweet and i was like i think this is like a water thing going on but i just want to say i was <laughs> right about this jen you were right about jennifer chion garcia i was right about peter franz being water <laughs> very good joe <laughs> Tom, what i do think right about pretty much everything else so was he right about barbers oh no wait no he was, no, he was wrong oh, about barbers i'm wrong about barbers <laughs> i really hope that i'm wrong about our episode from a few episodes ago when i'm predicting all the things that, that are gonna get pressed and cut out of the first season but yeah. i'm fearing that i'm right there i do think though that lovers and bodyguards line i feel like the show is going to make explicit and, and more on screen some of the things that are kind of implicit and off screen in the books in regards to like more of the adult situations the the books really don't have that much like on screen you know uh sexual stuff or anything like that at all and i think that's gonna happen a little bit more in the show i don't mean like game of thrones level of just nudity for nudity's sake other than the scene that we were discussing last week uh in the, in the bathhouses but i oh, do yeah. think that they're gonna put the sex stuff a little bit more front and center so that's part of that yeah Definitely agree with that. A couple of quick other quotes. This is Peter Franzen actually responding to the reporter. A few months here at least. The role is nice and visible, but of course there are dozens of actors in this massive series. Episodes are described in blocks one by one, which we saw on the scripts. We saw it said block one or block four or whatever. And it's uh, last line was this episode is directed by Wayne Yip. So that's a kind of an interesting piece of news, right? So we know that uh, Uda was directing the first two episodes. We know that Sally Richardson Whitfield was directing episodes five and six. So I'm guessing, so obviously that leaves episodes three and four and seven and eight, assuming that it's only eight episodes. I'm going to say he's probably three and four though, just because, but that's interesting. So we know it's, we don't know the title. Uh, We know it's either Oh, Place of Safety and The Dragon Reborn. I feel like it's likely one of those episodes. It does say, he does go on to mention that the contract is not very long, which suits me well. So that kind of leaves me to believe that his character is not going to be in it much or he's going to be killed off probably relatively soon. And just the last bit to kind of also add on to that, he's probably on set. So this is another quote from him. It is exciting to always feel the danger, even though everything has been carefully thought through. No bigger dreams have happened yet, Franzen says, half joking, of course. Then the mood changes. Franzen sees something and wants to warn. Quotes, soon it'll snap. I think the end is like, maybe he means soon they're going to roll or they're going to finish rolling, finish filming the scene. I I don't know. What do you guys make of that? All of a sudden he gets serious and maybe he is like going through a scene while he's on the phone with him. That would be kind of weird, though. Yeah, right. He's because then the mood changes. Franzen sees something and wants to warn. I I don't know what that means. Yeah, Again, I think he might be watching them get ready for the set, getting ready for shooting. And he's like, hey. That thing that had to swing over here, that rope is going to snap soon or something like that. I'm serious. I think like it could just be like, hey, like he's talking to somebody off camera. He's like, that's going to break. We have to we have to not die. Something like that. So okay. so who do you like, think Franz is playing? Let's get down to it. He's a water. He's going to be in a battle scene. He says major battle. He's preparing for a major battle. What major battles happen? Two major battles, I think, are going to be. Th- there's three major battles that I think now are going to be in season one. Okay, go ahead. I think that I, I think that Tarwin's gap will be there. 
I think so too. From that photo, also we got of Rand, but I, like it possibly could be Tarwin's gap. I don't think that he's in that. And I that would that, sorry, it would line up though. If Wayne Yip's directing three and four, that would probably be episode four. If we're going by, you know, the other world is going to be the first four. Episodes. Yeah, it's possible. But there are no waters in Tarwin's Gap, right? And I don't think that I think if there's Isodai and waters there, then Rand showing up doesn't make as big of a deal. But it's possible that he's there in that battle. But there's also the capture of Logan, I think, is almost definitely going to be on screen. And that is possibly the big battle. But here's my dark horse candidate for big battle. Because I do think that I, I talked about this a little bit before. We're going to talk about this in our next episode of more detail. But I think that they're going to be showing flashbacks from New Spring. And the big battle could be the final battle. The Blood uh, Snow. The Blood Snow. Ooh, I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, and to your so point, maybe- to our earlier point, he could still be Elias because Elias is a warder at that area of time. Oh yeah, I'd have to check the timeline if he's still a warder at that point. I but think so it's like twenty he, years. So he could be Kareen, Kareen Nagashi's warder then, maybe possible. Interesting. Um, it's a possibility. I, Throwing it out there. Didn't think of that. Go ahead, Jen. I think that it's the Logan capture, and I think it is because. Alvaro Morte is back and hanging out with them after filming, hanging out. Yeah, with we Brown did Cabo see and Taylor Napier. So if I think they've been working together, and I think that's what it is. I think yeah, a lot of people I think on social media are thinking, leaning more towards the Logan capture of Logan scene. And one thing I, I mentioned this too on social media is one thing that always bothered me. It's some sort of I think it's a loophole or a flaw in the books, right? So. We hear that only the Reds were involved in the capture of Loghain. But when Loghain comes to Camelin, they mention that there are waters there. So where are these waters coming from? Well, if they're all Reds, because we know Reds don't have waters. No, it could be like a, not, I don't want to say, we use the word mistake, but before he kind of pinned down all that kind of stuff, he just yeah. said, well, it's Aes Sedai and waters and they're together. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I think, like, oh, no, wait, Red would, you know, and that came later. Yeah, I think if there was, if there is like a mistake in the book, I'm I'm assuming they'll correct it in the uh, in the show. Well, I think that what everyone's assuming is that definitely not only Reds are involved in the capture of Logan. Like if yeah. they're talking about, if he's talking about that, I said I have martial powers. Which I think he just means more like combat powers than anything mm-hmm. else. But like if there's going to be fighting between soldiers and I said I, then you're going to have Green. And and the way the casting looks, it looks like that's where you're going to see Alana for the first time, et cetera, et cetera. So. All right. So I guess, um, so Tom, you're you're thinking it's a flashback scene. So he's a warder for like Kareem Nagashi or. Oh, well, I'm not thinking that it's definitely is. I'm saying that that is a possibility because I definitely think they're going to do flashbacks to that era of time. So thoughts of that he could be Ilyas. Technically, Ilyas is still bonded to his Aes Sedai. The bond was never broken between him and I think it's Rena is his Aes Sedai. So, I mean, it could be like a little twist and it could be Ilias and it could be the fight with the White Cloaks, Perrin and the Wolves and the White Cloaks. A possibility as well if we want to kind of stretch the truth a little bit there. I don't Just know. Just throwing that out there. I think he's talking too much about being a warder to Aes Sedai to be mainly Ilias in the Eye of the World. Like, I know he, he would was make a warder a... and there would be a flashback, but I I don't know. I, I feel like... Yeah. Uh, He's just a warder. Yeah. <laughs> like a warder uh, yeah. now. I think the preponderance of circumstantial evidence is in your favor, Jen. I think that he's going to be a warder of a current Aes Sedai, and that it's going to be somewhere in the Battle for Loghain. I don't know whom that would be, you know? You know, it could be no one we've ever heard of in the actual books or somebody who's just mentioned. Uh, right. Maybe it'll be Sleet. Remember Sleet? Is he the trainer warder? No, that's H- Hammer or Hamar. That's Ham- Hamar, yeah. Sleet is oh, the, uh, the guy that with Gowan. <laughs> yes. Right? Oh. yes. <laughs> Brandon right. Sanderson name, if I ever heard one. So I think we've kind of talked that one to death, though. But I think I think that's good, Tom. I like that thought, though, that he is a uh, it's a flashback scene and a blood snow. That's a, that would be really cool if that was actually the case. But I, I do. I think I'm more towards Jen's side where it's probably capture for Logan. So moving on, we've got a lot of we got a lot of photographs on Instagram, uh, courtesy of Priyanka Bose. Thankfully, she likes to take a lot of pictures and post them. The first one I want to talk about is she posted on Instagram, just saw some sizzle on Watt, and it looks epic. You guys are in for an adventure. I had no idea what that was. 
somebody commented that it's probably sizzle reel. And I looked it up and sizzle reel is an industry term for a short promo video. Mm -hmm. So recently Sarah Nakamura posted today, actually, um, it was a shot of herself and she was kind of teasing. Guess what? I'm, guess what I'm looking at? Guess what's right in front of me right now. And I commented on it. Is it sizzle reel? And she said, no, that was last week, which ties into the time that Priyanka posted it. There's definitely some footage going around of what's been filmed already, mm -hmm. which, oh, I would kill to get that footage. People are, I think, more hopefully conjecturing than anything else. But people are conjecturing that there might be something on Sunday. Uh, you're nuts. Sorry, people. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. I love you, but you're nuts. There's no way we're seeing any kind of footage or we're not seeing a trailer or any teaser on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I think there's hopeful like if a sizzle reel exists on set that it can soon make its way to the world. But I, I agree. I think that these kind of things, even sizzle reels, are usually shown at industry events or like enclosed halls, whether they make sure that nobody films things and like you don't get to see them for like months after that. Sizzle reels also usually are there's no uh, visual effects in them. There's practical effects. Yeah. Visual effects are done much later. Yeah. So you might see like, you know, on set fire, but you won't see the fireball shoot out of somebody's hand, for example. Mm. So even though it's awesome, it's probably not something that they would put out as a finished product. No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, I uh, would, you know, I would really, really want to see it anyway. You would give up your Boston cream donut for it, wouldn't you? Oh, that's gone. But yes, I would have in theory. Um <laughs> She posted yes. a bunch of other pictures. So one of them I wanted to point out was it was like a real, it was like a big group picture of a bunch of people. They looked like they were hanging out. It included a lot of people from the cast and crew. Two people I wanted to note though was Kate Franz was in the picture and then her partner, boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, Joe Layton was also in the picture. So this goes on to multiple posts and speculation that she's possibly working on the show. She had posted that she's going to Prague, responding to other cast members. So she's there. Her and Joe Layton are there. Joe Layton has a connection to Rafe. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Rafe was producer on. So we've got that connection there. Do you guys thinking this is any more confirmation that she's on the show, Kate Franz, or just like they're friends and they were going to visit them? I don't know. I... With Rafe, then it could just be that they're visiting. I didn't realize that they knew each other from before. Well, yeah, I saw the connection. So Joe Layton was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not sure if he's still on it, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know people that I work with. I wouldn't visit them in Prague. But you're not like uh, in show business. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> They are in show business. I think that I think that if she's out there and she's been out there for this long, she's working, not just taking a two month vacation. Well, well, last week was like a picture of them going to Prague, and this week we've got a picture of her at in Prague. So mm, okay, so I don't know how long she's been there, and I don't know how close of a relationship they have with Rafe or anybody else working on the show. So we still we're still waiting on that one though. So I guess that's still up in the air. There was a picture of them hanging out in the house. Um, not Kate Franz, though, and Joe Layton. It was more of the cast. We saw, like, um, Zoe Robbins and Daniel Henney and Rafe and Claire Perkins, a bunch of them all hanging out in the house. We saw Marcus Rudder sitting in a room by himself, sitting on a couch by himself, looking <laughs> from the back, which was kind of funny. Um, people were joking around about how pensive he is, like, thinking things through, like Perrin, which I thought was kind of funny. And then uh, we there was another picture recently of... Taylor Napier and Alvaro Morte out to dinner, again, posted by Priyanka Bose. So Priyanka's pretty active on social media, and she's posting a lot of pictures of the cast, which is kind of fun and good Good to see. Yeah. I like that there's a lot of, uh, there seems to be camaraderie, which is nice. So moving along, we got another post from Marcus Rutter. It was a post with him and a horse, and there was a later picture of another horse named Merlin and somebody matched up the horses by the spot on the, between their eyes, like a white spot on it. So we think we have Marcus Rutter with Perrin's horse. So that was a, another horse casting on top of Bella. Oh yeah, there Those. you go. Now we don't think that this is Perrin's main horse through the series, Stepper, because he doesn't get that horse until, uh, according to our research team, until uh, the dragon reborn, which in all the crazy theories I've heard about how far advanced season one's going to go, no one's said we're going into book three. So this is probably the horse that he has when he leaves the two rivers and by most people's conjectures will lose sometime halfway through episode two. Uh, yeah, I guess so, right? Because he doesn't, does he get another horse in the eye of the world? They do get horses when they leave Camelin, but I don't think they're going to be doing that. 
right? I don't think I don't think a bit of is going to be in it. Uh, I don't think they. I, I, my theory is they're not going to have the ways either. So he may get a horse somehow, but I don't think so. Okay, moving along to the next piece of news. There's a lot of news tonight, everybody. So Nana Ajay Ampadu, her agency website Warring and McKenna posted her role in the Wheel of Time, and her character was listed as Danya. So who the fuck is Danya? <laughs> so that's the that's the question. This was this was uh this was found out by the Narg and the Daily Trollic, by the way. Yeah. Guys. So Danya. So she was not uh Nana was at the table read, the original table read video. So she's in episodes one and two or one or two. I think we had kind of speculated that she could be Mistress Luhan or maybe Perrin's mother. Those I think those were our top picks. Uh, some people thought Danya might be Days Conger. I don't know. I don't know who Danya is. Just we'll chalk her up to uh, she's friends with, I guess, Layla Ibarra. Yeah, right. Yeah, the two of them are hanging out a lot together. I don't remember what Mistress Luhan's name is off the top of my head. It's not Danya. Albert. It's Albert. 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 Yeah. yeah so, maybe they it because that's not a name. That's neither is Danya. Well, Danya, I believe more. It's kind of like Tanya or Dana. Yeah. Alsbeth is like a. Uh, it's Elizabeth. Like just Elizabeth. like an old British right. version of uh, Elizabeth. Well, they do have, right, they mentioned Elsbeth, too. Tom tells right. stories of Elsbeth. Not this Tom. I mean, I do, too, but not, they no, mean, not mean Tom Maryland here. The other Gleeman. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It could just be a, a name change. Yeah, I don't know, either. I'm lost on that one, too. The name changes really throw me off. I don't, I don't again, with over 2,000 named characters, why are you creating a new name? <laughs> So let's move on to our last piece of news and the, the most recent piece of news and maybe the most exciting piece of news. It's the most exciting news. And these are exciting news items. Okay. So somebody found an Instagram post and it is a picture of what appears to be Matt and Ran, a set photo of Matt and Ran. Yes. Awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, wake up. Um, <laughs> so choice. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's all over. It, it came out this afternoon and it's all over the social media now. So by the time this episode drops, you'll probably have seen it. Anybody has seen it. Right. And if you haven't, yeah, you can go to our Twitter or Instagram or whatever and check it out. If you haven't seen it, it is pretty awesome. I've seen also like people have done retouches on it to, to brighten it up because the, the actual scene is in the nighttime and it's pretty dark and it looks great. Yeah. So just a quick description. We have Matt in the foreground. He's wearing what appears to be a duster. He looks confounded with his hands in front of him. And then behind him is Rand. It looks like he's walking towards Matt. He's got the Heronmark blade, which I'm assuming it's the Heronmark blade, uh, at his side. There is a leg on one side, and I'm pretty confident that it is a leg. So there's a third person. Um, And in the background, it looks like a house. There's a ladder with a door, and it looks like a house in the background. Tom mentioned that it's dark. It's very dark. So we were trying to figure out what this could be. Some thoughts, some people said Shadow Logoth. Some people mentioned, and I think the, the consensus, or at least most of the evidence is pointing to the portion of the Eye of the World where Matt and Rand have separated from the group. And this could be maybe Four Kings or one of the towns that Matt and Rand visit on their way to Camelin. Other possibilities are maybe after they leave uh, Faldara. And they're hunting for the horn, possibly one of the towns that they see in Faldara. Your guys' when, thoughts? When you said there was a first, when you said there was a leg, I thought there was like a leg that had been separated from a body, like laying on the ground. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe it's after. Is it Four Kings where he channels and the lightning? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, oh, maybe yes. it's that, and it's like a le- somebody's leg gets severed. Well, it is a leg that's <laughs> severed from the le- no, from the photograph. It's the person standing out of frame with just their leg in frame. It's not like yeah. their leg on the ground. Yeah. It could still be fucking. Uh, yeah, so Matt Pe- Matt appears to be staring at something off camera and Rand is like walking towards him. So and also like Matt looks very disheveled. Like he's got so Barney Harris has got like the wild curly hair going and he's got the beard going. So people mention Shadow Logoth, but I think this is definitely post Shadow Logoth. Yeah, it I think so as well. My first thought looking at the original picture was Four Kings was you know post lightning some people have conjectured because of barney harrison's uh look that it is after they kill the lady well they don't kill her you're talking about millie skane no not millie skane don't they kill somebody else with the dagger 
No, they they don't kill. He doesn't kill anybody with the dagger. I think Ren kills when he does the lightning. He kills somebody. Well, he killed a few people then, but like I think I thought Matt killed somebody with the dagger, not Millie Skane, but somebody else. Maybe I don't maybe, think he kills anybody. Maybe until, I'm misremembering. Yeah, I don't think he kills anybody with the dagger until the end of Great Hunt. But I could be wrong, and I'm sure we'll find out. Oh, that reminds me. I totally forgot. But there's a correction we have. This I should have covered this in the beginning. So we have a correction from last week's episode. We we had said, and I, I kind of perpetuated this or started this, that Leandrin was from Arafel. She's from Tarabon. I got my confusion between the braids and bells. We got the braids are from Tarabon. The bells are from Arafel. I should remember that bell, Arafel. So Leandrin is from Tarabon. We apologize that we said she was from Arafel. That's right. I think that makes my point about Leandrin more correct in last week's episode. So I'm glad that we have that uber correction. Yes. <laughs> so there, that's what I was right about. Whatever I was talking about with her. Yeah. So back to the picture. So I think I think we're gonna get Matt in the beginning clean shaven, and I think he's gonna be. I think like the beard is that's gonna be part of like the uh, the aura of the dagger. Like he's he's gonna let his facial hair grow. His hair is probably gonna get a little crazier. Maybe he's once taken gets, by the throes of the dagger, he gets uh, like healed for the first time or the second time when he, when they're in Faldara. That's when the barber is going to shave his beard. Oh, that's right. There is going to be a beard shaving. Maybe that's part of the healing ritual. Right. Shaving of the, uh, of the uh, infected hair, facial hair. It's happening, Tom. <laughs> it's not our fault that it's happening. So this is exciting because this is like the first set photo, and this wasn't released by the show. And it was still up on Instagram hours later, so they weren't told to take it down. So I guess they're okay with it. I and hope nobody gets fired or killed <laughs> or hurt. Oh God, killed! They're just gonna cancel it. It's over. Too much leaked. I will say this: uh, just I, I like the way the costumes look. It's it's counterintuitive, I would say, for something that's supposed to invoke medieval Renaissance times. You know, very European to for someone to be wearing a duster. Like they're at, but, <laughs> but that's pretty much how I always pictured Matt, not like a cowboy, but like in a long jacket, cloaky kind of a vibe. When I first oh. saw the dark, the darker version before I saw the touch up version, I thought that it may have been, it may have been Tom's cloak that he was wearing. Oh, I thought initially when I saw the photo, I thought he was in a bathrobe I wearing agree. boxers. <laughs> I didn't think it was worth the but I thought it did look it does look like a bathrobe. Well, that would be really odd. I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, but now it looks like it's just more like a, of a long coat that's unbuttoned. Again, this gives me more and to me is more evidence that it's the four kings uh thing. I think he's blinded right now and that's why his hands are like starting to reach out and he's staring oh, yeah. off into the distance. Because remember when Rand hits the lightning, first Mac gets blinded, then Rand gets sick. Yeah, and I, I do see in the background some stuff looks like it's knocked over. So I, I agree with you. I think it is the Four Kings. I don't know whose foot that is because... But I'm hoping that Jen's right, and that's just a leg. Just propped up. Standing up. It's leaning against the building, maybe, Jen. Right. <laughs> we just don't see it. Or to be honest, that could be something that's not in the actual shot of the camera, right? This is like a This looks like a snapshot from maybe a phone or something. So that leg could not even be in the show. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with you on that. I think I, know I think it's a real shot from the show. What do you think, Tom? I think other than that leg being mysterious, there's nothing about it that doesn't like that you don't see the outlines of set, you don't see mics or, or any equipment or anything like that. So I think that if it's not a frame from filming, it is a set photography photo. It's kind of crappy quality though. I you think it's, it, it's very pixelated. Well, it's also been sent from Prague to wherever this lady lives. It's not necessarily transferred in the highest quality. Maybe she has a BlackBerry. Yes. Maybe it was emailed, and then when you had to pick the size, they picked small. That's true. Instead of actual size. We need a good compression algorithm. (laughs) Clearly one wasn't used here. From uh, (laughs) We need T to T. T (laughs) Yes. All right. So that sums up our news for the night. So let's move on into our next character profile. So tonight we are going to discuss the other half of last week's episode. We discussed Nynaeve. So tonight we're going to discuss Alan Mandragoran. Ooh. 
Yes. Jen, would you like to read us into the description of Lan? I would. And then I want to talk about the pronunciation of his name. Okay, not, we can. And I looked this one up. So I, okay. I think Lan. It is Lan. It's not Lan or Lane. <laughs> okay, here we go. As she left, a tall man Rand had not noticed before moved away from the front of the inn and followed her, one hand resting on the long hilt of a sword. His clothes were a dark grayish green that would have faded into leaf or shadow, and his cloak swirled through shades of gray and green and brown as it shifted in the wind. It almost seemed to disappear at times, that cloak, fading into whatever lay beyond it. His hair was long and gray at the temples, held back from his face by a narrow leather headband. That face was made from stony planes and angles, weathered but unlined despite the gray in his hair. When he moved, Rand could think of nothing but a wolf. In passing the three youths, his gaze ran over them, eyes as cold and blue as a midwinter dawn. It was as if he were weighing them in his mind, and there was no sign on his face of what the scales told him. He quickened his pace until he caught up to Moraine, then slowed to walk by her shoulder, bending to speak to her. Rand let out a breath he had not realized he had been holding. Nice. Quick background description stats from Land. So he was born in 953, which makes him 45 years old at the beginning of the series. Something I never even realized or thought about, but he's six foot five and a half inches tall. So he's almost as tall as Rand. So when you mentioned, Jen, in that description that he bends to talk to Maureen, he's literally a foot and a half taller than Maureen, which is ridiculous. Which is kind of, Jen, it's kind of like you and Brendan. It is. It's super fan Brendan Johnson. But I didn't think anyone else would care about that except for Brendan. (laughs) Well, now now they know how big Brendan is. Yeah, And he's 245 pounds, which I think, if I go back to Rand, I think that's around the same weight as Rand is, actually. I don't know if I put it down here. What is Rand? Six six? He's six six. Jesus. And six six. Yeah. And he's the same. I remember they mentioned like he's six six and like Heron's like six one or six two. But yeah, we both, went through this whole thing. That's where you measured your head. Yeah, they're both the same weight. Perrin, uh, Perrin and Rand are both the same weight, but Rand is like five inches taller or something. So um they do mention that Rand is heavy in the shoulder but narrow in the waist. So he's like a very broad up upper body, but slim in the lower body. Jen, you mentioned he has shoulder-length gray uh, hair with gray at the temples, and it's held back by the headband, which is called the Hadori. Mm-hmm. He's got the cool blo- blue eyes, stony face, sharp angles, weathered but unlined. So he is 45 years old, but they mentioned he does have like kind of like a younger face. I guess we could attribute that to him being a water, so it doesn't necessarily slow him in aging, but it kind of, I guess, keeps him, I guess, maybe slightly because right? do waters live a little bit longer than they do live a little bit longer and they heal if if they don't get killed of course well yes and they have like a they have more of a, right they're a little stronger they get a little bit of extra power kind of from the bond like extra strength and constitution yes and then they lose in charisma and wisdom <laughs> Uh, that's a D&D joke. Although Land is Audio Dungeon, wise. Wednesdays at 8.30. So, um, Land is pretty wise, though. Warders get bumped up pretty much everything. All their senses improve. That's right. Yeah, also, I mean, Wheel of Time is a series that, not all the time, but good genes kind of play out. And Rand is a noble that comes from a line of true good nobles, et cetera, et cetera. So he just ages well. So just some background. So most of the information I have is background information. So this kind of goes back to some history we find out in either world and then also information from New Spring. So he is named Daishan in the cradle and consecrated the uncrowned king of Malkir. So Malkir was a land that was swallowed by the blight shortly after his birth. It's right north of Faldara, kind of right by Tarwin's Gap, I believe, if I remember correctly. He's the, also the last surviving Malkir, Malkiri lord. Yes. There are Malkiri left, but he's the last lord of Malkir. Uh, he was taken to Shinar at an early age and raised in the royal palace of Falmoran. He eventually leaves Falmoran at the age of 16 to begin his one-man war against the Blight. So he's out for vengeance against the Blight for basically wiping out his entire nation. At some point, he gets swept up and fights in the Aeol War. He does not like... So this is something, too, I didn't realize. So initially, and I get this is from a new spring. So he's mistrusted Aes Sedai because he kind of doesn't blame them, but he's upset that they didn't come to help Malkir. 
right. in their time of need. So he does not like ice to die. And during a new spring, he's traveling from Chasin, which is the capital of Kandor. He's actually, I'm sorry, he's on his way to Chasin. And that's when he first meets Moraine, Antics and Sue. He winds up getting bonded as a warder by her in 979. Other notable things I put down is that he is a blade master, technically, but he would not give up his power of blade. This is like a family sword. It's the sword of the Malkyrie kings, and it was made during the War of Shadows. So this is an old weapon that's been in his family for a long time. So while he doesn't carry the Heronmark blade, he is technically a blade master. The last thing I have here that I noted was that the Aiel column on Alain, or Alin, or Alien, or however you want to pronounce it, which means man who is an entire nation in the old tongue. In a more simple manner, man alone. Yes. And I think it's awesome that during the Aiel War, which again, the Aiel did not consider a war, but... Right, only four clans. Yeah, and they weren't trying to kill anybody, but they just wanted to kill one dude. Yeah. And these people just got in the way. But during the Aiel War, he just fought them. He was so awesome at that, that they just gave him a name. Like <laughs> It's like the equivalent of like a Stonewall Jackson kind of a thing, where it's just like, he's so unbelievably good at, at, at fighting and leading troops and leading men and, and battling that even his enemies have to kind of respect him. Yeah, they do respect him. And I think they know, I guess, of his background. Yes. And, and I guess that's a commonality that they have with him is that his kingdom was swallowed up by the Blight, which, you know, obviously the Aeol are no friends to the Trollocs and the Dark One. So Ooh. that's something they share and they respect him for it. And he was leading uh he was leading troops too in that he was he was like a captain or something, I believe. Yes. Fighting in the Isle War. Yes, even though he was very young. Um, so in the eye of the world, we don't get a lot of there is no land point of views. No. He's very mysterious. He doesn't really speak much at all. And you know, we do get at some points we get conversations or I guess I shouldn't even say I don't even know if you consider him conversations, but <laughs> he's not <laughs> much for conversing. No, he's not much for conversing. You know, there's back and forth. We get looks and kind of one lines between him and Nynaeve. We do see, though, a relationship form between him and Rand. He begins to train the boys when, they're leave, when they leave the two rivers, particularly taking an interest in Rand because Perrin's using an axe. Matt, what, what does Matt leave with? Does he have a, a bow? Weapon when he's he a bow. He just has his bow, right? Yep. Yeah, and Rand's got the sword, so I think... Land takes particular interest in Rand because of the sword and it's a Harrenmark blade. So he kind of becomes like a surrogate father or like uncle to Land, uh, to Rand, I think. And you could tell like by the end, Glenn, I don't know if he almost feels bad for Rand. He definitely does by the Great Hunt. He feels bad for him. He knows what's going on. He knows the deal that this guy has. And he knows that, that Rand doesn't even understand what that really means yet. And he tries to tell him like, you know, yeah, he doesn't. The dude is going to crush you. Yeah, and even forgetting the Dragon Reborn part of it, I think just the fact that the Aes Sedai are interested in him and Land knows Aes Sedai and he's just like, I guess, pitying him like you don't know what you're getting into with the Aes Sedai now. Right? Because even in the beginning of the Great Hunt, he's, he's he know, saying no, that. But he knows, he knows, he knows who he is. Like he, yeah. he knows, he knows what, what the deal is there. In the beginning of the Great Hunt where he's training him, you're like, okay, whatever. But when he walks him in to meet the, the Amulet and he's giving him the instructions about how to act, yeah. And he calls out like the sword forms to like to make him walk in there like he's cock of the walk. Yeah, and what's right? it say? That's the cat crosses the walk yard. Uh cat crosses, crosses the, the courtyard. courtyard. Yeah, but like it's like he's basically saying, like, look, they're gonna they're gonna try and crush you. You go out on your feet and you're your own man. And like he's trying to like whatever he can do in the small way that he can to protect them and like to allow him to hold on to a little bit bit of himself and his pride. And it's uh it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like Lan, I think does understand what what that role means and does pity him a little bit for that. Yeah, uh, he even says it right in the when the Amalan comes. He says, "Better you had left like weeks ago." Yeah, he basically says to him like, "Oh, you're screwed, man. You're screwed." Yeah. Is basically what he's telling him. Yeah, and he's a it was a water. You know, he's bound to an ice die, and he's saying, "You should have gone, man. You're you're in big trouble now." Yeah, but it kind of continues on too, like throughout the series and I don't, well, I don't want to get too much into that but the relationship kind of continues on like that mm-hmm. he kind of sees himself as kind of like an uncle or you know kind of still looking out for Rand and he's on his side and he understands what he's gotten himself into and which is kind of cool about him plus you know Lance just a badass man one of my, and it is totally unrelated to this but one of my favorite things is like after books of them not really like doing much together at all or like being involved when they have their team up in far matting 
they're in formatting together and they can't use the power and they have the sword fight with Padded Thane and uh Riatin. Riatin and like Riatin. And then like they're falling like Rand's falling off the roof and Rand won't let him fall. It's just like it reminds me it reminds me a little bit of like the beginning of Return of the Jedi when Han and, and Luke get together for the first time since like the beginning of, of the Empire Strikes Back. And it's just like, oh, the gang's back together again. They're, they're having that vibe. So uh, I think they work together very well, even though they don't have a ton of page time together as the series progresses. See, I would say if we're going to link it to Star Wars, I would think of more like the um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan fighting, you know, the Duel of Fates. Oh, well, there you go. The Master and the Apprentice, right? Lan and Rand are fighting together. Okay, that's cool too. Although they're not fighting Darth Maul, but... <laughs> no, they're not fighting Darth Maul. <laughs> Jen, you um, you had said you wanted to mention something about the way uh, Lan's name is pronounced. Do you want yeah. to jump back in on that? I say oh, yeah. um, Mendrag. I used to say Mendrag Mendragoran, but I think it's Mendragoran, right? Like no, I I'm, see, a dragon. I'm the opposite. So I used to say Mendragoran, but I'm pretty sure when I looked it up, it was Mandragoran. The or is emphasized or the accent. What I saw. Hold on. On the Wheel of Time wiki, it says Mendragoran. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, you're right. It does I always Mandragoran. said Mandragoran. I had always originally said Mandragoran, and then I thought it was, I was corrected and it was Mandragoran. Maybe I corrected you. So the tarvalon.net <laughs> says Mandragoran. Okay. I'm going to see what, what, what uh, the Watt Encyclopedia says real quick, because I think that's where I saw. Yeah. See, Watt Encyclopedia says Mandragoran. Oh, man. Uh, we don't know. And we don't have anyone to confirm for us. Are we going to defer to the television show pronunciations? Yes, I think when we when we're, we are a Wheel of Time show cast, and I think once the show comes out, pronunciations, we will stick with those, even if everyone thinks they're wrong. So we did it with the Lord of the Rings movies, yep. and we'll do it here too. Whoever they, everyone in the world thinks it's pronounced, that's how it's going to be pronounced from now on. So what Lord of the Rings movies were the pronunciations that you... I don't remember uh, any pronunciations. Like At least I don't remember any questionable pronunciations of Lord of the Rings. There are a bunch. I cannot think of them now. I'm sorry, but there are a bunch of things that they're pronounced their way that they're read, but that's not the way that they're supposed to be pronounced. So a lot of like uh, a lot of things that we would read as a soft C are supposed to be pronounced with a hard C. Oh, yeah. In the movie. Like, that was, yeah, right. Everything's hard Cs. Right. C is like a hard sounding. Like Celeborn should be Celeborn. Yeah. Things like that. You're right, because I did used to say Celeborn when I, in my mind. And it's, yeah, see, but you know what? I have to say, though, Tolkien was very explicit in his appendices and he's very thorough yes. in, the, in all of the pronounced sounds. He would put, like, all of, like, the letters and combination of letters and explain how they were supposed to be pronounced. So Right, and, and my point is that that's true. Those are the right pronunciations, and the movies didn't always follow those, and that's what everyone says now. So that's what we also say, and we'll do that with the show as well. So if the show says Mandragoran, then that's what we'll say. They say Mandragoran, that's what they say. If they say An Aliyanin, then that is what we'll say. <laughs> we probably if, have some time before we'll get to that name. Right. However, if they don't pronounce Teleranriad right, we're screwed. Oh man. <laughs> oh Lord, we have to go back. I'll go back and dub in the correct correct name. <laughs> Every episode. It'll be like Tell Aranriad. <laughs> It's, we talk all a, it's talk A-Rain. Talk Iron Riyadh. I would not be surprised if they didn't even mention Teleran Riyadh and they just called it the World of Dreams in the show. Possibly. I would not be surprised at all. That's true. Getting back to Lan before we, we, we wrap up, I, I do want to just mention, you know, I think that of all the characters that we've ma- mentioned so far, of all the characters that we've reviewed so far, I think that Lan has the clearest antecedent, the, the clearest influence of like why he's called Lan and like what characters influence him. You know, other things are clear, but I think he is the clearest. Uh, he's clearly based on Lando Calrissian. And <laughs> I think that wait, wait, I think wait, we wait, all wait, agree on that. Wait, wait a second. Wait, what? Oh, is I'm Lando sorry. Calrissian or Lando Calrissian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That makes, okay. Lando Calrissian. Oh, okay, Tom. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I that's, you know what that reminds me of? You know what that reminds me of? No. When you say that, that reminds me of Pootie Tang with uh, Bob Costas. Call oh, me yeah. down on the panister. Yeah. Call, call like, me down. What? what did you say? What? He's like, call me down on the pan. Oh, call me down on the panister. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Pootie Tang. Yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, that's fine. But it's that's great. next on our podcast list. We have to do a Pootie Tang podcast. Pootie Cast. Pootie Cast. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, Lan is, is clearly Lancelot. You know, he's got a lot of the, you know, he's he's got a lot of, of that. Obviously, there's some parts of the Lancelot myth cycle that are applied to other people or not in the books at all. But, you know, he's got the nobility. He's got the tragic element to him. He's at the tie with Nynaeve, you know, at least for names, although, again, the tie is slightly different. And, which I love, it all pays off. The Lancelot, the Galad, the Gowan, all pays off. Like, all of those names and those constructs and how they're built pay off in the last book, right? Where where the Knights of the Round Table try and try and try again to feed the Maldred. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, I was trying to I was trying to figure out what you were getting with that, but I forgot. That's right. One after the other after the other. Tries. Yeah, and it's the three characters who are the most based on the Knights of the. Like, you know, it's Gawain and 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 Galahad, and then Lancelot go yeah. and, and and fight him. Yeah, you know, there's not much to say, I guess, other than that. Like, obviously, there's other characters, there's other historical figures that I think influence him, but for the main ones, which is what we're really sticking to with with these character profiles, it's Lancelot and nobody else. Yeah, he kind of reminds me. I mean, if you, he's like he reminds me of like the Clint Eastwood in, in the old westerns character, yeah, right, the strong, silent man with no name, you know, like good, bad, and the ugly, fistful of dollars, pale rider type character, where he's just he's a super total badass, doesn't say much. Yeah, so that's what he kind of reminds me of. At least when I first when I first read the series, that's kind of who we were, I thought of. I saw um, a comparison to to Aragorn. Where he's like, you know, a secret king. Yes, swords, right. Like the yes. swordsman who kind of teaches the new guys, kind of how to, you know, protects them a little bit. He's yeah. got, he's got like a rangery kind of vibe to him, yeah. especially in the early books. No, you're, you're, yeah, with the you're right. And all that. Mm-hmm. Joe, to your point, I think that's why he has cold blue eyes, is because of that kind of Clint Eastwood esque man with no name kind of thing. Because I've always pictured him looking Asian. I never pictured him looking Asian. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. Um, just from the description, the descriptions of his face, like the plains, like the rough plains, and things like it that. It makes absolute sense because he's from that area where everybody else is Asian. But yeah, I just from, never yeah, pictured we, him as Asian. But yeah, but I was picturing him looking at, 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 at in that in that kind of a Japanese way, just with blue eyes. And I know a lot of people were like when Daniel Henney was cast, they're like, he doesn't have blue eyes. Like that isn't the easiest thing. If they thought it was important, which it's not. Yeah, they could just give him contact. They could just give him contact lenses. I mean, yeah. that's not even like. Plus, we also like, saw, we just saw a video of Daniel Henney dunking. So, you know, <laughs> if that doesn't scream land, then I don't know what does. Land's got ups. <laughs> um, we, we, we hear throughout the series of lands, mad ups. <laughs> um, we do hear that he likes to jam. With yeah, he is, he's, he is six, five and a half, so. <laughs> we gotta expect that he does play some D ball. So thoughts on so I we talked about the relationship of him and Nynaeve in the last episode. So I don't I don't know if we want to go too much into that or even talk about it at all. But I, I will mention again that is my favorite relationship in the entire series. I think that it's important to talk about another relationship with Lamb because well Nynaeve really has three important relationships, the important relationships in the books. Her and Egwene, her and Rand, and then her and Lan. Lan has two important, and then Rand's like a third one. Uh, it's him and Nynaeve and him and Moraine, right? Yes. And that's going to be, I think, a key for, for the first season to be successful is his relationship, you know, Daniel Henry's relationship to Rosamund Pike, that interplay. They have to, when they appear, when they begin, have to be such an iconic set and work so well together and mesh so well together, appear that they've been working side by side, back to back alone for 20 years. You know, that's sort of a vibe. Yeah. So I have a question. So this is something I always thought reading the series every time I've read it. How much do you think Moraine, because right, we know Moraine does not communicate anything to anybody unless she feels she needs to. So how much do you think she communicates to Lan of what's going on, at least in actually in any part of the series? Do you think he knows everything that she knows? Like she talks to him constantly and just doesn't communicate with everybody else? Or do you think she's keeping a lot of stuff, a lot of this stuff from him as well? I think she communicates a lot more to him than she does to anybody else. I don't know if she communicates everything, but I think that the way they work together, the way they're constantly like 
talking quietly or off on the side. I think they've been together so long and I think, you know, they're bonded together. I feel like she definitely tells him more than she tells anybody else. Yeah, I I think, see, I'm kind of torn because I think she, she definitely does tell him more, I think, than anybody else. But I almost feel like, like you said, Jen, they've been together for so long that she might not even have to tell him things well, that yeah. he just knows. He right. figures them out and she knows that he knows so they don't really actually have the conversations. And it's more like you said, like maybe nods of the head and, well, they you know. can sense each other's feelings too, so, right? Through the, that's true. Like that's if she right. Feels like like she feels like this danger or something. He might just kind of feel that and yeah, go. That's you true. know, I do think that she doesn't. It, he she may talk to him more than she talks to anyone else, but she does not let him in on her plans or her thoughts. I do think, and I, I don't have it in front of me. And this is a question I wasn't anticipating, so the research team didn't prepare it for me, but. I do think when they, she can sure, blame him, the research team. Well, whatever. I'm just telling. <laughs> I've been blaming them for not me not having encyclopedic knowledge of this part of the books. But when she is confronting uh, Lan in uh, Aldeas and Valdine's home, yes, like about the fact that like it's from her point of view, and she's like, "There's cracks in the wall." Like Nynaeve and Rand and the others are like worn their way into his facade, and she's trying to like build him back up to like. Be what she needs him to be, which is like 100% on her side alone, like stoic and reliable, whatever. They make mention of the fact, he makes mention of the fact that like she never tells him anything they're doing. They, she, he doesn't know why they're there and that he doesn't ask any questions. He understands that she's in charge and he does what she wants and like that's what it is. So I do think that like that he knows what they're doing in general. They're looking for the possible dragon reborn. I don't think that she could like keep him out on the run for 20 years searching for people and not like give him that crumb of it. But, like, I don't think she tells him, like, what our plans are other than, like, we're going to get to Tarvalon. I'm going to either protect these boys, and if I can't protect them, we're going to kill them. You know, like, that's it. What's in her mind, what her inner plans are, what her thoughts are, I don't think she tells them to anyone except Swan, maybe. That's it. Huh. See, I think, yeah. I think she does share a little more with him. I think she does a little more, but I think she gives him, like, I think he knows, though. I think he knows and she knows. He's very intelligent. And I think he could figure out a lot of stuff. When he's giving the boys advice to just do what she says and don't ask questions, he's not giving them advice like he's saying, like, that's what I do. And that's the best way to do things. He's not saying, like, <laughs> you're boys and I'm a man and you just shut up and listen. He's saying, like, she's the boss and we're following her. Just shut up and listen, because that's what I do. She oh, tells wow. Me to go scout. I go scout. I never she, thought of it that way. That's what I think. She's he's trying to give them advice, not put them in their place. Like it's similar to like you should have ran. It's too late now. He's like, no, you just do what she says and don't ask questions all the time. That's not what your place is. She's the boss, and we are the people but, who work for her. But so he goes away from that though, because in the beginning of Great Hunt, you know, he says, "I thought you would have been gone weeks ago," and he says, "You should have gone." So right, Moraine's kind of shut Rand out for that portion, right? right? She's not speaking to him and it almost seems like land doesn't really hasn't been communicating with her that much either because i think she's gone for a while right at some point yes mentioned she's disappeared for a little while so and and he's just going off his own feelings and his own advice and saying you know you should have gone so he's not acting like that like, like well, you said and that's and that's why later on in that yes and later on in that book she confronts him about it like not Directly, but she like tries to goad it into that of it because he's not being what he's been for the last twenty years. He's developing feelings for these well, fielders. He's yeah, and I think it's more. I think, and she even points it out. She mentions specifically like ninety, but she mentions Rand too. She says, it's, and yeah. it's not just her, it's these other ones. Like the, the way she put it is like vines digging through a wall, and like he's not stoic all the time. Yeah, and yeah, so, you're right. He's got a soft spot. He's got a soft spot for Rand and ninety. Specifically, and again, I said Rand more and like more like you know a nephew, little brother type kind of character, and and Nynaeve obviously has a love interest. So thoughts on the casting of Daniel Henny for Lan, Jen? Um, I I think he I like you know I like him. I like I said I didn't picture him as Asian, but it makes absolute perfect sense that he's Asian. I don't really think he looks that old, even though he's only 45. he's young. Uh, yeah, I think Daniel Henney's only like 40 or 41. Oh, all right. Well, so he's well, a little younger then. But, but yeah, I know he's done, he was on Criminal Minds, right? I didn't see him on that, but I know he's done a bunch of stuff. So um, yeah, I think he 
seems good. Looks like he has, you know, he was hanging out with Zoe Robbins in the picture, so it looks like they have, uh, you know, they're enjoying each other's company, at least, as friends. So that should be good. I do like the casting, too. I also, like, you're right. Initially, when I think I first read the series, at the beginning of the series, I didn't think of him as Asian-looking, but, like, I think the second or third reading, I was like, you know what, the way they're describing them, he's definitely... I If you look at the, uh, like, fan art that's out there, I don't think I've ever seen one that depicted him as Asian. <laughs> he usually uh, has, like, I... brown hair and... You know, gray of the temple, brown hair. That's what I've usually seen. But yeah, again, it's whatever, you know. And when I thought, and I don't, I don't think I mentioned this previously, but when I thought of like when they started doing the casting and I was thinking of that, I just finished watching um, Into the Badlands and I thought Daniel Wu would have been an awesome land. You know, he's got the background, the martial arts background, so I thought he would have been a pretty awesome land. But uh, Daniel Henney looks pretty cool. I, you know, he's pretty active on social media. He's definitely athletic as hell, and we've seen him in the gym, and he's got the physique. Him and Joshua are not heights of land and Rand, but like I said, who are you going to find at six five and a half, yeah. six six? How many yeah. actors are you going to find that, that size? can act? That <laughs> also can act, yeah. So maybe they. Another thing is maybe they're making him a little younger just because, uh, so he's not like Nynaeve's father on the show like yeah that's true you got a good like point a huge there, age yeah. difference so it might look a little better for the show if he was a little younger yeah i don't i don't remember how old is zoe robbins too anyway i don't know it's still a pretty big 30s. difference it's got to be at least probably gonna be close to 15 years difference yeah but she says there's probably like a 25 year age difference what, what is she supposed to be on in the book like 20- she's supposed to be 24 it's supposed to be about a 30 year age no 20 no, year age difference. 45 yeah 20 years yeah so, so i think so i they're a little closer yeah. in age. Yeah, yeah she's probably cool. like yeah, she's probably 12, 15 years younger than him. But it's a typical you know. how, uh, he seems he's very charismatic. I get, I get he's definitely very charismatic. I don't know him well, but from all the social media stuff I've seen, all of the uh, women fans have seemed to like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from all the all the comments I've seen on pictures of him and stuff like that. So he's got a little he's got a little dreaminess about him. I like the look of it. I have. Never watched an episode of Criminal Minds, and I don't think I've ever seen Daniel Henney in anything else. So I did actually want to try and just see uh, maybe like a highlight reel of his work or something like that, just to kind of get a sense of how he is as an actor. But as he comes off as a presence, just his personality in real life or on social media, etc., it seems really good. He does seem to be putting the work in, the physical work, and to be trying to like enjoy himself while he's out there, which I like. So I guess we'll, you know, we'll be left to, to see how the performance is. It's not going to be an easy role to get a lot out of early on because he's so stoic and he's so taciturn. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He doesn't have a lot of things that he says. No. He's more of a presence. He has a line or, you know, whatever. And that could be cool. Yeah, because each line that he says is very like, there's a lot of weight. When he speaks, there's a lot of weight to it. Right. And that's another thing that kind of like always reminded me of like a Clint Eastwood type character because he's like a man of very little words, but when he speaks, there's a lot of weight to what he says. So that's something that's tough. We'll have to see. I I think he'll be able to do it, but yeah, that's something I guess that he has to work on is expressing a lot with very little dialogue. Right. So any final thoughts on Lan Mandragoran or Mandragoran? I am very curious to see how advanced they do the sword fighting in the show. And he's going to be the guy who's going to pull a lot of it off early on, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say about the sword fighting, I'm guessing, again, it's going to be from the description of the, we get through the series, there seem to be single-edged blade. The Heronmark blades seem to be almost like katanas. Right. So we're going to get definitely get an East Asian sword fighting technique, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. We, that's one thing we haven't really, we haven't seen, right? Any stunt coordinators or... I think it's fight choreographers. choreographers. Yes, the choreo- yeah, the fighting choreographers, battle choreographers. We haven't seen any of that. That's actually something. It's one of those like crew member parts that I'm kind of really interested in seeing what who's going to be on that because that's going to tell you a lot about the action, a lot of the action sequences and sword fighting stuff because we haven't seen that at all. We don't know. Right. No idea. And I think that's a pretty big crew announcement if we ever find that out. Good call, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good call. Yeah, it was a good call, Tom. I just thought of that off the top of my head. Didn't even have to write that one down. You write stuff <laughs> down for this show? <laughs> no, I don't write. I don't. I don't really write much anymore. I type. Um, all right, so that's our that's our episode, I guess. Right. Special thanks to everyone out there on Twitter of time pulling out this news on social media from Twitter, from Instagram, from facebook searching the websites of the the manager and the agencies of all these actors and actresses and finding all this information because 
to be honest with you, without you guys, we wouldn't have a lot of news to talk about because we sure as hell aren't going to find this stuff. Um, <laughs> so thanks <laughs> you to all of you people out there who are finding all of this news information because we really appreciate that. It makes our lives a little easier. You can see Tom on Audio Dungeon Wednesdays at 8.30 Eastern Time on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube. It's a Dungeons & Dragons type role-playing game. Um, anything else, Tom, you want to throw in there about that? Yeah, it's Homebrew 5th Edition, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you are curious as to what I look like, be prepared to get disappointed. And uh, <laughs> No. No, no, no. You'll, it's, I think it's a, it's a pretty even match for the voice. But anyway... Um, you can check me out there, or if you aren't free, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube at Audio Dungeon and uh, spend a good hour, hour and a half of your time. All right, so you guys can follow us on social media. All our information is in the show notes. Also, we encourage you to rate and review us. The link is in our show notes as well. Please support us. That's the best way you can. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New, New Year. Year. The Year of the Rat, I believe, right? That's the New the Year. Year of the Rat. Year of the Rat. So anybody who celebrates the Chinese New Year, it's the Year of the Rat. Happy New Year to you. I wonder if the, or the Shinarans would celebrate the New Year at this time of year. I don't think so. I think everyone celebrates <laughs> the New Year at the same time of the year in Randland. But, but. You think so? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Maybe we'll have to have a, an episode devoted to the calendar of Randland. That'd be <laughs> really exciting, wouldn't it? Oh my God, no. We'd only have enough time. We wouldn't even talk about that on our show. That'd be a pretty boring episode. Um, right. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm totally let's talk about let's talk about holidays in the land land. Yeah, a week is ten days. Don't you? Well, cha- do you know that changes? Yeah, in the, in the beginning, it's not. Yeah, then it changes. Yeah, it changes ten days. We won't talk about the all those inconsistencies. Save it. Save it for the episode. Save, Save it for the calendar episode, Joe. <laughs> We'll let the fans decide. If we get a lot of people saying, yeah, calendar episode, we'll do it. <laughs> I'm all in. You can talk about the different holidays. There's a lot of holidays we come across. And the all holidays right, aren't all. Oh, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm saving it for the episode. Let's save it for the episode. I'm doing air quotes, by the way, if anyone, you know, for those of you who can't see. I'm show. writing it down. It's in the <laughs> Tom's putting it in the queue of episodes. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You'll hear us next time.